Okay, back to my dream. So I had this dream uh, about the batteries and about the quadruple A batteries that were wrecking everybody's gadgets. And uh, so in that dream, these quadruple A batteries were there. People were getting them under their pillows and they were using them in their, in their electronics and it was destroying everything and I threw them off a cliff. And I believe that the dream is about discernment and so that's what I want to talk about today. And I really didn't have the talk uh, kind of figured out until Friday when I was going on CGOB and they asked me uh, about the Christchurch New Zealand mosque shooting. And I uh, put up that slide. And in this, in this uh, shooting, 50 people uh, were killed. And they asked me, uh, you know, how could something so evil happen? You know, like, where does this evil come from? An interesting question for a secular radio station. Where does evil come from? And um, the shooter, the alleged shooter, is uh, Brenton Tarrant, along with, I think, a, a few others. At this point, that was the only name I heard. And he uh, seems to be part of a white supremacist kind of belief system. He appeared in court and didn't say anything but gave a white supremacist sign, and he has done things like that online before. Um, kind of been associated with this. And so today's talk is kind of uh, about how could we have this kind of evil in society now. And hopefully this will make some sense. Um, let's go to the scripture. I want to base today's talk on Matthew six nineteen to 24. And we'll just read this together. It's about money. Uh, but I think that there's some principles in here that we can kind of figure out where evil comes from, or at least one, one way that evil can kind of uh, happen. I'm just going to brighten my screen here. So it says, do not, lay up treasures, do, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I wanted to read that part just to give you the context. This is the part I'm going to be talking about more. Uh, verse 22, it says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is, uh, the light in you is darkness, I'll say it again, if then the light in you is darkness. How great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, so there's two principles in here I think that actually are really important for understanding how people can do really atrocious things, and I think are really important for us to understand as a church today and our current climate in Canada. Uh, first word, the, the word I think that's the most important in here is the word healthy, which is haplous, haplous, emphasis on loose, haplous. Uh, and that word means undivided loyalty, it means kind of people sometimes interpret it as being single um, and undivided. And I'll just say this, it's not really part of the kind of my points that I'm trying to make, but it's kind of funny when you see a double entendre in Greek. So to the readers, haplous, would have been very simple, similar to haplates. And haplates, so, I mean, it doesn't make sense to us because 
but whatever. They, they would have heard both. And haplates means to be generous. So there was kind of this double entendre. You need to be single. And because the scripture is about money, they were also making this double entendre. You need to be single and generous. Like, don't get caught up in money. Um, so that's there. Um, but I think the main point I want to focus on is this kind of being single and being devoted. And um, the first principle relates to that, being single. And the first step into kind of going into this extreme form of evil, I think this extreme form of evil comes from this initial divide. There's an initial divide that happens, not being single, generally speaking. And the reason this is so important is, and it says this in the scripture, is because people, our brains, really like consistency. They, we really like consistency. It creates a lot of pressure on us to not be consistent. And, and the Bible says it very clearly right here. No one can serve two masters. We want to be consistent. You can't serve two different things. Uh, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. So you, you have to be devoted to the Lord, and if you're not... It's going to create a lot of pressure in your life. If your Sunday looks really different than the rest of your week, that's going to wear on you. And that's something in psychology we call that the cognitive dissonance. Uh, and it's just this whole principle, which is really powerful and repeatable in psychology, which is basically saying people don't like inconsistencies. Um, one of the research... Uh, this is a bit harder to explain... Like. It's not the best example, I'll give another example, but this is the actual research that I remember that they did on this, and they would have people go to a concert, and uh, they would have some people go to the concert and pay a lot of money, and they would have some people go and pay not a lot of money, and the concert was terrible. It was like designed to be a bad concert. And so this is, you could just imagine randomly selected people going to the concert, some of them paying a lot of money for this concert that's bad, some of them paying not a lot of money for the concert that's bad. So, what happened? They asked them to rate the concert afterwards. Is this a good concert? We already know it's bad, but what do you think? And the people who paid not a lot of money said, yeah, it's a bad concert. But the people who paid a lot of money, they had some trouble. They had an inconsistency. I paid a lot of money for a bad concert. That doesn't make sense, does it? Why would I do that? So they said it was a good concert. They couldn't get their money back. <laughs> that would be the other way to resolve it, wouldn't it? You get your money back and call it a bad concert, but if you can't get your money back, people like it consistent, so it had to be a good concert. Another, another example would be smoking. I'll just use smoking. There's so many. Uh, so let's just say smoking. So you're smoking and you think smoking is unhealthy. Well, that's inconsistent. It creates pressure. It creates pressure in you, right? So over time, what happens? Mm, smoking is about that bad. It's not that bad, right? It's not that bad for you. People change, despite what's on the pack, ah, you know, that's the government, whatever. You know, like, it's, it helps me lose weight, maybe help, calms me down a little bit, you know? Like, it's not that bad. So that's resolving that inconsistency, right? People like things to be consistent. We can only serve one master. You cannot serve smoking and health at the same time. You can only serve one. Okay, and the next point on how you get to really atrocious things. And that is, people want to be good. It's funny that I'm saying people want to be good and how that is actually a way that people get to terribly wicked things. Anyway, but people want to be good. Almost everybody I've ever counseled, people who do horrible things, 
who are members of societies that are devoted to doing horrible things to people who do wonderful things are all believing that they're wonderful and they all have a strong desire to do the right thing. They minimize the bad, that was a mistake, that was impulsive, that was accidental, and there's lots of evil in the world that is like that. And they will, they'll, they'll maybe acknowledge that they do some bad things, but they kind of dismiss it. And then they focus on the things that they do are great, that are wonderful. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Why does he say it that way? If then the light in you is darkness, if then the light in you is darkness, if then the light in you is darkness, everybody wants light. There's nobody who has darkness inside of them. That's not true. There's nobody who perceives darkness inside of them. Everybody wants light, and everybody perceives light. But if the perceived light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And that's basically the fundamental message of this talk, how great is the darkness. If the perceived light is dark, how great is the darkness? I'll give you an example of somebody who, of a group. I worked in Stony Mountain. This is where I get most of my analogies on evil. I worked in Stony Mountain Prison, and we talked talk about this being an upside-down kingdom. That is an upside-down kingdom. We, they believed things that out here you would just be like, what? Cop killers are at the top of the pecking order in prison. They are the big cheese, you know? They did something good. If you hurt somebody who has sexually abused a child, that's amazing. It's a wonderful thing. You are enforcing justice in a way that our government can't. If the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So that's the second principle. People don't want to be bad. So how do we get to New Zealand? How do we get to a mosque where people are shooting 50 people? First, it starts with a divided eye. Excuse me. In New Zealand, let's put up that slide now. This would be the kind of process that people would go through Potentially. I mean, I don't know what this guy was thinking, really, right? So I could just talk about generalities. But you've got multiple beliefs up there on the top. White people are the best. I mean, this guy's part of a white supremacist, so I don't think I'm making a really out there, outlandish kind of idea there. White people are the best. This is his thinking. The Muslims are growing. They're becoming numerous. I'm seeing them everywhere, I'm guessing here. But, you know, that might be along the lines of what he was thinking or feeling at the time. They're everywhere... And white people are the best, but they're growing. They're everywhere now. And they believe hurting people is wrong, right? Hurting people is wrong, but this is all inconsistent. If white people are the best, why is the Muslim population growing? And what are we going to do about it if hurting people is wrong? So you have to resolve this somehow, right? You have to kind of, this is inconsistent. Life, this life's not making sense to me. White people should be everywhere. White people should be powerful. Muslims are getting, I don't know, I don't, I'm just kind of guessing, but like they're getting more powerful, they're getting into, the, I don't know what their thinking is, but they're getting into the government. We need to do something about it. But hurting people is wrong. That's wrong. You've got multiple masters here. You're going to love one and hate the other. You've got a master of my conscience, which is hurting people is wrong. 
You've got a master of Muslims are getting more powerful, Muslims are getting more numerous, and you've got a master of white people are best, this is not making sense. So what do you do? You change it. Now this is the most common way that people change the equation. Muslims aren't people. This is what we see through history. And it solves everything. Because hurting people is wrong, so, but we can hurt Muslims because they're not people. Muslims aren't as good Please remember that we're talking, I'm not ta I'm, these aren't my ideas, but Muslims aren't good, but they're growing. Well, that makes sense because they're not people. They're just kind of like pests. So all of a sudden, this, this division in beliefs causes a change in thinking. It's a motivated change in thinking. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense. Muslims aren't people. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it's amazing how it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to resolve the conflict. It just has to resolve the conflict. Muslims aren't people. I'll give you another example that doesn't make sense, but was something that, as I, I didn't hear it, it was a story I heard in the prison. There's a big guy and a small guy in a cell. Sounds like a joke. There's a big guy and a small guy in a cell. And uh, the hazards of double bunking. So you got this big guy, you got the small guy, and you got one TV, one remote control. Who's got the remote? The big guy. The big guy's got the remote. Okay, so the big guy's got the remote. And he's changing the channel, changing the channel, changing the channel. He can't watch TV. I don't know what it is. He's got something going on in his head. He can't stop. Change the channel, change the channel, change the channel. This is the way he's coping, I guess, with being in prison. And the little guy doesn't say anything, right? Because he's little. He's just on the bottom bunk, trying to mind his own business, trying not to draw attention to himself. Change the channel, change the channel, change the channel. Tries to change the channel. It's broken. Shoot, it's broken. The big guy gets off the top bunk, comes down. Why'd you break my TV? I want to watch TV. TV's broken. How do you resolve that inconsistency? I don't want to feel blame. I'm going to blame somebody else. Why'd you break my TV? Imagine being that little guy there. <laughs> it's not going to be too pleasant. We want things to be consistent. If he's great, how could he break a TV like that? That's inconsistent. I didn't break it. Somebody else must have broken it. Must be the other guy in the cell. He's the closest one. He broke it. I know how to resolve this. You can imagine what happened next. I actually don't know. Muslims then, in this equation, and this and you can see this happen all over the place. Muslims aren't people. But that's strong. Like, this is strong stuff. Muslims aren't people, that's hard. That's hard to get to. It takes some gymnastics, right? It's like, ugh, that's hard to do. So then we get to a process of actually supporting our cognitive, that, that new consistency, that new solution, the ultimate solution, so to speak. If you're familiar with like the Nazi Germany story, the ultimate solution. How do we justify that ultimate solution? People who hate generally, generally don't stay alone. Generally they don't. There aren't many, people sometimes act alone, but people who hate don't, don't normally work in isolation. They normally work in groups, and the internet makes this so much easier, but they normally work in groups, 
they support each other. They support a joint vision. They get a logo. They even make songs. They speak against the opposition. They act in minor ways against the opposition. And then they act in major ways against the opposition. All the time supporting each other in their new solution to their cognitive dissonance. White supremacists, we're better. They're growing. They, they must not be human. Then we can hurt them. That's hard, so let's work on it together. Let's get going. This is tough. Let's sing some songs. You're all with me, right? And then that cognitive dissonance empowers the person to kind of go and do something about it. When I was talking about this on CGOB, about how people who hate get together, sing songs, come up with a vision. Ugh. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds a lot like church. <laughs> that sounds a lot like church. Everybody's asking me, what's our vision? Margaret's like, what songs do we sing? <laughs> um, quadruple A batteries, right? They aren't made to be, look different. The wrong battery is a counterfeit. And the devil's using the same system that we're using. The system that he created to help us stand against opposition, strengthen ourselves, is the same system that he uses in evil to help them stand together and move in their way. He's got his own church. He doesn't call it church. Usually, sometimes he does, the Church of Satan. But anyway, like he, he has created his own system as a facsimile. When I was looking at New Zealand, I did the talk on Friday, and on Friday night I kind of said, I think this is fitting. And I was looking up some information just so I would say it appropriately here. I wouldn't misquote what happened in New Zealand, at least our current understanding. And I was looking at some videos, and I saw one of, an automatic video came up. That was fine. And then the first video I clicked in, clicked on, came up with an advertisement first. Guess what the advertisement was? Doof, 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 doof. The, en the Energizer Bunny <laughs> selling AA batteries. I was just like, oh, Lord, thank you. You are talking about this to Maplecrest. But why are you talking about this to Maplecrest? Why are you telling us about these unhealthy batteries, this other source of energy, this source of energy that's so powerful, it looks and it operates significantly like a church. It, it looks like a AA battery. It looks like the good battery, but it's different. And it wrecks the gadget, and it empowers it to do all these horrible things. And we need to have discernment. Why are you talking about this to Maplecrest? And I believe it's because this is part of our mission. I believe that this is part of the mission for Maplecrest. Up until now, and it's been growing slowly, so it's not like, you know, it all started in 2000 and something. But up until now, generally speaking, in the Western countries, we have been dealing with one kind of evil. And that kind of evil is this exception. The kind of evil where people say, I'm a good person, and they have the same definition of good that we have, but they made a mistake. I'm unhealthy, I'm impulsive, I did this thing, you know, I killed my wife, which is, like, horrible. Like, I'm not trying to make that less bad. It's horrible, but they don't have a different definition of good. They were impulsive, they, were, they, they come back, they're contrite, they, don't, they didn't want to do it. Or maybe they're so unhealthy, potentially in some kind of smaller way, but it's this evil that kind of is encroaching through people in a, in a general way, but doesn't lead to these mass massacres. It doesn't lead to um, kind of Hitler, it doesn't lead, lead to these, these doctrines 
that take out entire people groups, that take out entire religions. But what's starting to happen, and that's because, just to finish that point, that's because the same darkness that they have is the darkness that we have. They're just having struggle, again, not just, like these are horrible things sometimes, but they're having struggles fighting the darkness. But we're all in it together. We're fighting the darkness, and sometimes it gets in there, and we, we work on it, and we try to help the person, and we, we work on it. But what happens if the darkness becomes light? What happens when people don't come back and say killing my wife was wrong? What happens when they come back and say, aren't you thankful that I killed her? What happens when people start to believe that the dark things that they're doing are right? And that's what's starting to happen more and more. That's what this was. This wasn't a guy going in there saying, oops, I shot 50 people. It was an impulsive moment. I was drinking. I've got bad parents. That all might be true. But this is somebody going in there saying, yeah, I did it. And I'd do it again. I did it and I got a whole group behind me. I'm just the one who stood up first. What happens when the darkness becomes something you believe is light? That's when people get energy. Because people want to be good. And if you give them some darkness and they believe that it's light, they're going to have some energy for that. It's not an oops anymore. It's a mission for them. And that's when they get dramatic because people are good. They want to be good. And they want to follow the light. And if you make that something wicked, they are going to follow it with gusto. And that's where you get what's happening now more and more in Western countries. So how does this apply to the church? People in Western countries are taking more and more positions that are against what the Bible teaches. Now, there's a general agreement in our society that the church, that Christians, are good. That would be point A. Christians are good. But there's a growing second point. Christians believe wrong things. Christians believe wrong things and they hurt people. They're doing things. And that's growing. And it's inconsistent. And what's going to happen is more and more people are going to make it feel okay. They're going to change something in that equation. They're either going to change their moral position and be like, no, Christians are good, and I agree with those Christians. Or they're going to say this isn't important. It's not important enough to do anything about and that's probably a little bit where we're at. It's not important enough to do anything about. Or they're going to say, there's another way to solve this. Christians aren't good. Christians aren't good. And that solves the equation. You can't serve two masters. The world can't say Christians are good and say everything that Christians are doing is wrong. You can't have both. That's the divide. And then, after you have that divide, there's a choice. And as people make that choice of resolving it, and if they choose Christians aren't good, then they're going to go into a justification process where they want to do the right thing. Well, what's the right thing to do if Christians aren't good? Oh, I don't know. What if the government decides? If your light 
If their light, if the world's light becomes darkness, how great is going to be the darkness that comes? If hurting Christians, God forbid, if hurting Christians becomes an act that's the light, how great is the darkness going to be? People, how great is the darkness going to be? If that becomes the good thing to do, if that becomes the good thing to do. And I think that we need to do a double A, not a triple A, it's pretty close, but it's a little different. We need to do what the Lord designed us to do in order to strengthen ourselves, in order to stand for Christians are good, to prevent this, and to stay with him if we can't. We need to come together. We need to come together in Maplecrest. We need to come together as a capital C church. We need to come together. We need to align ourselves. We need to make vision statements. We need to sing songs together. We need to strengthen each other in the dissonance in our society where they're saying one thing and we're saying another. And we need to stay in the truth, loyal to the truth, which is Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the life. And we don't need to stand in hate, like what we saw in New Zealand. We need to stand in love. And that's going to be so hard. It's going to be, so, it's going to be easy for Christians to walk into hatred in this. It's going to be so easy. Opposition, that's going to create hatred. And Christians need to stand in love, which is harder. So we really need to strengthen ourselves. We really need to strengthen ourselves to stand in love of people who disagree, of people who feel potentially like it's good to hurt Christians. They are using, and I mean they, I mean in the story, are using community to stand in opposition and hatred. And we need to stand in loyalty to Jesus and stand in community and to stand in love. In love with Muslim people who were hurt. In love with the people who hurt the Muslims. In love with the people of Winnipeg, the people of Manitoba, the people of Canada. In love with our government. And in love with each other as we stand and stand in love. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen this community and I pray that this talk would be another first step in moving towards our mission of standing in love together, of understanding this world and standing together in solidarity and in strengthening as we oppose in love. going to need a lot of strength, Lord. And I pray that you would give us wisdom because the counterfeit looks a lot like ours. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom to know that you are the way, the truth, and the life, no matter what anybody says. No matter what opposition comes, Lord, I pray that we would be undivided in our loyalty. Our loyalty not just to you 
in a specific sense, but in everything that you stand for, in who you are and what you do. Help us to stand with you. Yeah. We're a broken people living in a broken world. Right? The kingdom hasn't come yet. And so then how do 